This is Joe Candilis with the Western Bear Foundation, and you're listening to the Urban to Country Podcast. Welcome to the Urban to Country Podcast, a collection of inspiring and edifying conversations with amazing people. Our conversations cover everything from hunting and conservation, to mindful living, to how to be a good human. Basically, all the good stuff. Hey friends, welcome back to the Urban to Country podcast. On this week's episode, I sit down with my good friend Joe Candilas to talk about the state of the bear. This is kind of a state of the union in terms of what's happening in bear conservation across the West. Joe is the president of the Western Bear Foundation and is a wealth of knowledge on all things bear. I'd also like to thank Sitka Gear for the use of their lounge at the 2% for Conservation Convention in Bozeman, Montana this last spring. We really appreciate them hooking us up with a space to record this awesome podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. And now my conversation with Joe Candilas. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Urban to Country podcast. We are at the Bozeman Conservation Convention hosted by 2% for Conservation and all their amazing partners. We are sitting in the Sitka booth. So thank you, Sitka, for the nice yeah, chairs. Nice chairs. Super nice chairs. I might just take a nap when we're done talking. <laughs> I could too, man. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know why. Every convention I go to, I think, okay, this is the one where I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to get to bed early. I'm going to eat right. It never happens. It's hard because you get in a crowd and you get to meeting people and talking to people. Yep. And then the next thing you know, it's, you know, yeah. all your responsibility goes out the window. And it's like a family reunion, right? Like it is. You're just catching up with people and, and you're having good conversations and you're seeing all your friends that you haven't seen in months and sometimes years. I just saw Nicole uh, Qualtieri, who I haven't seen in over a year and a half. And it's like, yeah. man, we need to catch up. So, yeah, you, you spend a lot of late this nights. This type of event is nice because you get that opportunity to see and talk to people that you probably haven't talked to in a long time or you only interact with on the phone right. or via email and so this convention's really nice for for people in the conservation world to to come together and actually put a face to a name so yeah well and speaking of catching up if you guys recognize joe's voice that's because he was the second podcast guest that i ever had wow <laughs> yeah. i remember that day in yeah butte. we yeah. went to butte and found a brewery which seems only fitting in butte you have to, to get there <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah he's uh agreed to come on and kind of give us a like state of the union on bears um joe is with the western bear foundation and why don't you just remind folks who you are and and what you do for yeah yeah as marcus said my name is uh, joe candilas i'm the president of the western bear foundation now and uh you know the western bear foundation was built out as a as a hunter advocate group for bear hunters but uh, more recently we've really realized the need for conservation work done in the bear world and not a lot of people will you won't hear that common commonly said like bear conservation because i think we take for granted that bears just do well and they're fine and there's a lot of them on the landscape and you know yeah we always hear about grizzly bears and there's so many but within that there is a lot of work that needs to be done to ensure bears have a future on the landscape and and part of that is conflict mitigation so we've kind of taken a role a dual role 
um, you know, our, our conservation work and then our hunter advocate, you know, we advocate for bear hunting and the sport of bear hunting, um, across the West. And so that's kind of where we live in those two little realms there. And, and, and they both, uh, rely a lot on each other, you know, cause a lot of the conservation work we get to do is through hundred dollars and through our membership. And most of our members are hunters. I would say all of our members are hunters and, and we raise money through raffles that are donated by hunting groups and, and stuff like that. So we get to use the $100 to put back onto the ground for bear conservation. So it's really kind of exciting. That's cool, man. Um, let's just jump right in. What what projects are you guys working on? What's on the radar for Western Bear? Like yeah. What's, what's taking up your time these days? Um, on the on the conflict mitigation stuff, we're doing a lot, which is I'm really excited about this year. It's probably the best year. You know, and every year seems to get better as far as what kind of uh, resources we're able to put on the ground as we grow. We're able to do a lot more. And so this year is going to be our biggest year yet. The biggest project that we have going on this year um, as far as spend goes is uh, we're, we're, we bought 10 GPS collars that we are partnering with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department to um, collar black bears in the Bighorn Mountains this year as part of an ongoing study that just kind of started. Um, but this study will go out into the future as long as we can provide callers. But we're going to call her some black bears for a year and kind of get some data on range and, and use of the land. And then we're going to go back out in the following year and put some hair, snare, hair snares out to get some DNA samples to get a better population understanding for that range. Gotcha. And the goal is to build that out into a different range each couple years so Kay. Wyoming can get a an actual count uh, uh, without using um, harvest data, yeah. which is what they use now, which is a very scientific way of doing things, and they put it in a model and it extrapolates all the information. And it's been very successful, but Wyoming is one of the few areas in the West that is uh, all quota-based. So okay. the bear hunting in Wyoming is all based on sow mortality quota. So we're thinking that this will help increase hunter opportunity by maybe changing some of the quotas in the areas or reducing quotas or increasing quotas, making sure bear populations are good. So we're doing that. And then in Montana, we've been very busy with um, conflict mitigation projects. Uh, as a lot of you guys might know, the Rocky Mountain Front's kind of the epicenter for grizzly bear human conflict right now. And so we've been working with... Um, uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks up there to do some co-op spends on uh, electric fencing around, um, you know, food storage areas and, and attractants like livestock and chickens and, and some areas where safety is a concern, human safety. So right. we've been working with Wesley up there and put last year we put some fencing up. This year we're committing right now to doing some bear-proof uh, garbage cans in Valier um, and some private residences. And then in their lake their lake, uh, their park has got a lake around it. There's a lake at their city park, and there's been a lot of conflict issues there. So we're going to put some garbage cans there. We're going to do a, we partnered with a couple groups to do some garbage cans around Anaconda, Georgetown area, where there's a lot of black bear conflict, getting into trash and stuff. And Yeah. Um, and then we, we've done some stuff last year with uh, the Blackfoot Challenge. Um, we fenced around uh, some... Uh, livestock pens and some chicken uh, coops and stuff like that because they were having a lot of grizzly usage in those areas. So to try and reduce conflict, we, we supplied them with some funds to um, put up electric fencing, and we've committed again this year to doing another large fence project up in the Ovando area with the Blackfoot Challenge, which cool. uses some U.S. Fish and Wildlife dollars and some other NGOs, including us, and, and I think Vital Ground is going to be included. Not sure yet, but th so working across all, uh, NGOs to try and keep more bears on the landscape and so that that's been 
that's been a lot of work for us. Um, on the backside, we're doing a lot of stuff with uh, hunters and, and bear hunting as we become under attack on uh, multiple levels as of late. Um, one such being the bear bait ban that they're proposing. It was actually a lawsuit um, filed by three organizations to ban bear baiting in Idaho and Wyoming on National Forest. So that's very near and dear to us because a lot of our members and 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 uh, our our bear baiters um, and myself included and it's a great management tool for the the agencies to use to harvest and manage black bear populations and baiting should be allowed in in the state so we're working really hard with some other groups like idaho wildlife federation to to combat this and and kind of right now feeling out what we're going to do with the courts and and everything so doing that and then of course we got the grizzly bear situation so that's always <laughs> interesting that that never goes away it seems like um right now we're kind of just in a holding pattern because an appeal has been filed by the u.s fish and wildlife service on judge christensen's ruling in missoula not on all his ruling but on a certain few points of his ruling which would basically if that happens we could get the the delisting back but in that interim, they're also looking at potentially developing another um, delisting, uh, basically a delisting plan to try and go back and delist them with different, uh, basically a different plan. Gotcha. So all this takes a year. Now, now we're in the years, not months and days. So we're going to be we're going to be talking about grizzly bears in the courts and management for a few years again. Gotcha. And just going back to something you and I talked about in our first conversation. It's so it's so backwards to think that because you can now hunt a species that that's the end of the world and you know that's you know a bad thing. Really when a species is delisted and you're able to begin hunting it, that's the ultimate like stamp, like seal of approval. Like this species is doing so well, we have extra that we need to take off the land because the carrying capacity is is out of whack, right? Mm -hmm. Like we we're not saying like, "Oh man, we might you know wipe out the grizzlies so let's go hunt them we're saying we've got too many we need to use this management tool yes yeah and it's uh it's basically science the same science that recovered the grizzly bear to the levels we are now is the same science that was going to be used to manage them into the future mm -hmm. under the delisting program in states were going to control that management and the states were tasked with the recovery right the state of idaho the state of Montana, the state of Wyoming funded most of the recovery for the grizzly bear. And their scientists and their biologists recovered that bear through U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, obviously, overarching policy. And and now that they're recovered, the people that said, well, that was a great recovery, but we don't want to use that science anymore. And we don't want to use the people that yeah. managed it to manage them anymore. And they did such a great job. I don't know why we wouldn't listen to them now. And, and hunting has got to be a management tool. Yeah. Um, and and we're talking about harvesting a very low number of bears. Right. Um, we're, we we kill more in management actions through conflict than we would have ever touched with a, a harvest by sportsmen. Right. So it's it's kind of a weird thing right now, and and it's a cultural thing. It, it, it's not a science thing anymore. It's become a emotion and culture. And if science ruled, we would have a delisted population, and there'd be management by hunting seasons. But because the court system in the United States allows for, for this to happen, here we are, and, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, and uh, just totally drew a blank. What was I going to say? It's that dog walking by. It is a dog walking by. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shoot. <laughs> oh, I remember now. So 
what your comment made me think of is this concept of if we don't let hunters hunt animals, then they'll just live out in the woods and no one will ever kill them. And that's totally backwards. There's going to be hunting of animals and killing of animals, regardless of whether or not there's an income stream from hunters and hunter dollars. Mm -hmm. Either the hunters are going to be paying to go out and manage the species for the state. And then they're going to be, you know, consuming that food. They're going to be spending time in the outdoors. They're going to become compassionate and passionate uh, conservation advocates, or we will pay through our taxes for the government to go out and kill them for us because the land has a carrying capacity. And once that carrying capacity is exceeded, then the animals need to be removed. And that, that sounds harsh. That sounds kind of cold and, and mechanical, but that's just a fact of life. That's why we have grizzly bears wandering into schools, Mm -hmm. into, into the hallways in schools. Like people think that's a joke that that's like, uh, an article by the onion, but it is, it is a fact that at a certain point we have too many animals. It's true. And, and, in throughout history, uh, we've managed wildlife. And, and especially if you look at the North American model for conservation, it includes hunting yep. and, and hunting is brought back from the brink, m- many species yep. and, and it's hunters dollars. And, and we can't, we can't discount that now right. because we have a keystone species that is very popular with all, all communities, whether it's a hunting or non-hunting community. Um, we have to use that same data. And I've said this for a long time, um, social acceptance, there's a carrying capacity for that as well. Absolutely. And we've, in many areas that the grizzly bear lives in the GYE end up in the NCDE, the Northern Continental Divide ecosystem, we're at carrying capacity for social acceptance. We. Mm-hmm are starting to see people that were advocates for the grizzly bear get frustrated with management because maybe it's their taxpayer dollars or maybe they're losing uh, private property or anything. So if we lose the social acceptance of the grizzly bear, that's one of the fundamental things in recovery of a population is people have a social acceptance. Well, out in the West, social acceptance of the grizzly bear is waning. Yeah. Um, not not in the east or not in Europe or whatever, but we live with it. And mm-hmm. so we have to see it. And so what I've said for a long time is we need to create hunter advocates for the grizzly bear. Yep. And the only way to do that is to allow some hunting seasons. And we would create advocates for that species that would ensure a future for it on the landscape into the future long when we're gone. And that's what happened with mule deer, with elk. And, and we, we have to do that with the grizzly bear because sportsmen are the most important part of that recovery and i think if we don't allow them to have some stake it's never going to succeed yep and once those people have that stake it's becoming upon them to be the best advocates they can be i just had a conversation with somebody the other day and they're like so if you shoot a bear what do you do i was like well what do you mean what do i do and they're like well like do you just leave it there i was like no i don't <laughs> like if i am if i am ever lucky enough to get a bear which it seems like the universe is against me on that <laughs> <laughs> then that then that hide is going to be used in my home whether it's yeah. as you know part of you know the the ambiance of my home or it's going to be uh you know decoration or or whatever uh, blankets like it's going to be used like i'm going to use that mm-hmm. hide I'm going to eat that food. And I, 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 I gross my wife out with this, but I'm like, I'm rendering bear fat. Like, Absolutely. Like that is, that is going to happen. If anybody is, is freaked out by that idea, go on YouTube and just kind of Google, uh, search like rendering bear fat and all the things you can use it for. 
after I did that, I was like, I'm hooked. Like I will, I will definitely be doing this because it's so useful. It's one of the biggest commodities on the East Coast and in 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 Arkansas. And, and I've hunted in Canada, and, and it's a huge commodity, not only for for the the um, I guess you would call First Nations in Canada or mm-hmm. or um, the people in the United States that have grown up with that cultural background as bear fat is like gold. Um, I harvested a bear in Nova Scotia. I might have talked about this on the first podcast. I mean, it had four or five inches of fat on it. It was a fall bear. And wow. that was like the the outfitter's wife asked if she could have it all. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, and she's like, I make soap and pie crust and can predict the weather and we cook with it. And it's like lotion and it's a huge commodity. And, and yeah. Clay with Bear Hunting uh, Magazine does a lot. He just did a post. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, they were testing the different heat levels for cooking like they uh they fried some catfish or something in okay. bear fat and then they tested the catfish w- how it tasted the best like at what temperature to get the bear fat so it's it's really a neat thing that yeah. people don't think about i think bear hunters are misunderstood that we just shoot them and leave them yeah but there's a lot more to that of of uh of all the species that you could hunt every year because you in montana you can hunt a black bear every year mm-hmm. if you want same with deer same with elk but of all those animals the to me the bear is quote unquote the most useful like you can use pretty much everything on it mm-hmm. you know with a white-tailed doe like i don't know i mean i guess you could use the hide i mean you you need to get creative for where you're going to use that hide because mm-hmm. it's kind of soft it's not super warm um you could make some leather out of it but once again it's not super strong that uh that black bear fur like there's a lot of uses for it. You can use the fat. I would, I don't know if I'd want to render deer fat. That might be no. Yeah, that might be kind of nasty. No, I, I wouldn't personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem. I don't know that I'd render bear fat if it was a bear that was um, utilizing carcasses in hyperphagia to go to right. den. You know, but like a lot, oftentimes our bears in the fall are eating berries. Yep. And their 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 fat will almost turn the color of the berry. And so it's a really sweet, very good, I mean, it's, and you can deep fry the meat right in that fat on the hillside if you want, you know, you can render it down in a jet boil. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that Western Bear has going on right now? I know you guys have a a Bear Bonanza. Well, we have a a big raffle we're doing. Okay. Um, And so we're funded basically by membership and then these raffles that we do. And, and uh, some grants on a small scale, we don't get big funders and we don't have foundations backing us. So we utilize these raffles and this raffle is pretty neat. It's a, it's a winner choose their style of bear hunt. So we have three outfitters lined out. We got Stockton Outfitters in Montana, um, in Southwest Montana in a place that's near and dear to me where I grew up. And, uh, they're going to be our spot and stock outfitter. We got Regeer Outfitters in Idaho is going to be our, uh, houndsman outfitter. And then we got Clark Fork Outfitters in Idaho. That would be our bait outfitter. So the winner of nice. the raffle gets to choose what style of hunt they want to go on. And it's all expenses. You know, they, they get the hunt paid for. And so they can go, if they're a spot and stock guy, always wanted to hound hunt, they can go experience that. Cool. If they're not sure if they've ever wanted to bait hunt and, and didn't have that opportunity, they can go experience that. And so it's really cool too, to try and maybe get a, get a guy out of his com- comfort zone. Like, Hey, maybe I don't believe in hound hunting, but yeah. I'm a hunter go do a hound hunt you know so we have that second place is uh second prize is a rogue ridge e-bike um nice. they're based out of here in bozeman and then third place is a marlin 4570 lever action so we have those tickets available on our website at westernbearfoundation.org and and we'll, we'll i think we're drawing that in october so we have some time the hunt would be next year gotcha yeah so okay so 2020 hunt yep cool yeah yeah what else you got going on anything 
not much just grinding man we're, we're i mean gonna, you're doing a lot we are <laughs> you and, just and, went through a lot of stuff we uh I'm, I'm pretty excited about the next couple of weeks we're gonna we're gonna get with the times here and we're gonna film an actual kind of infomercial we got an amazing company that's gonna do this for us for a uh, they, they they're gonna help us out a bunch and film an infomercial sure. and and I'm hoping to parlay that into the the project we're gonna do in Wyoming with the color research and kind of have a, a really cool snapshot of like what the Western Bear Foundation is doing on the ground and get that kicked out. Um, we we kind of revitalizing our board, which is gonna be great. We're gonna have a, a a really strong board presence going forward. That's gonna help us grow. We have our first chapter, our first official chapter. That's gonna be uh, a 501c3 independent entity in in washington the washington basically chapter of the western bear foundation and really important out there because there's i think more bears in washington than any other state in the lower 48 so that's cool um, they, they definitely have a need for for some projects out there and and most of the money raised by that chapter will just stay out there is what we're going to put in the bylaws that i think it's like 80 to 70 percent of the profits will stay in washington for them to utilize for protecting bear hunting rights and keep bears on the landscape so that's cool a lot of stuff going on we're, we're just going to continue to build it out and keep growing that's awesome and uh i appreciate you taking the time to come on and absolutely fill us in on what's going on and yeah thanks we'll for make, having me yeah we'll make sure we spread the word and i just want to give a personal plug guys last well that actually geez that was this spring this spring i became a life member of the western bear foundation yes and the reason i did that is because um never killed a bear so i was hoping for a little <laughs> karma no i'm, I'm kidding uh, <laughs> it's coming <laughs> the, the reason i became a member of the west or a life member of the western bear foundation is because this group is a balanced group you guys do good work and they do good work for an underappreciated species that really needs our support and bears are freaking cool and if we want them to be healthy and present on our landscape for the rest of you know our our lives and our children's lives then we need to step up and do our part. It's it's not that expensive, guys. It's five hundred bucks to become a, a lifetime member, mm -hmm. and that is a screaming deal when it comes to life membership. You get a six stone glacier backpack, a jacket, and everything, and then you are basically enlisted in our army of conservationists on yep. the ground that are that are watching out for bears and and for bear hunters. So I appreciate you doing that life membership, and it's important to us too because we're all volunteer. So yep. um, we utilize our members as much as we would a paid employee you know yeah. they're our voice on the ground yeah. and we need that and so it, it's is very great to have you on board and and karma's coming <laughs> you're, you're gonna get there buddy and you know what i uh if i never if i never get a bear i don't even really care because i get to go out each spring and i get to hunt them and i get to spend that time and i know that the the work that you guys are doing is being supported by you know the few dollars that i kick you yep and i mean if you stop and think about it, 500 bucks i mean don't go to the bar and don't get coffee for a month and you're good to go I for mean, 500 bucks to put it into perspective i mean yeah. when you look at it that that's half of the the money needed to to, to fence someone's um property or yeah. that's a, a bear proof storage container on public land that that keeps one black bear from getting killed by the department and one more black bear on the landscape for you to hunt. Yep, exactly. So, so and if it's not a life membership, they got other options, but I mean, do what you can to support Western Bear Foundation. Yeah, thank you, buddy. They're a good, good group and, and uh, anything you can do to help is much appreciated. Any final thoughts for us, Joe? No, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you for coming on. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. All the show, or all the infos in the show notes and until next time, safe travels.